Hello and welcome back to There Was an Idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm your host TK, a teacher and pop culture enthusiast. In this bonus episode, join me as I count down and discuss my top 10 favorite needle drops in the MCU and share some listener input as well. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can follow me for updates and behind the scenes extras at anidea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And please consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. Before you hear today's episode on my favorite needle drops in the MCU, just a couple of quick announcements. I did take a week off from the podcast last week. So the most recent episode that I released was the On Trauma and Chaos discussion about phase four so far with Mav. And since that episode dropped, there have been a few exciting things that have gone on in the fandom of the MCU. Another trailer for Eternals, a few episodes of the show What If, and the thing that's got everybody talking this past 24 hours or so, the trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home. My coverage for What If is taking a little bit of a different form than the coverage I did on WandaVision, Falcon, and Loki, in that instead of releasing a podcast episode after each new episode of What If, I'm grouping episodes together. So the next episode of the podcast to drop in your feed will be my discussion with Emily about the first three episodes of What If. I'm also planning on doing another bonus episode in which I talk about the trailers that have recently dropped, because there is certainly a lot to say. And in the past, I haven't really done trailer reactions episodes. I did I did do a bonus episode on the Marvel Studios Celebrates the Movies clip that came out a couple months ago, but I do think it sounds like a lot of fun to get on the microphone and talk a little bit about Eternals and Spider-Man No Way Home in the coming weeks. And of course, as I'm recording this pre-roll right now, I am just over a week away from the release of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I just recorded a predictions episode with Al and Tony of MCU Rewinds, and you can find that over on their podcast next week before the release of Shang-Chi. So I'm very much looking forward to that movie as well. And here on this podcast, you will hear my instant reactions the day after the movie releases, and then my longer analysis episode a few weeks later, kind of like how I approached it with Black Widow. All right, so again, what you're about to hear is a breakdown of some of my favorite needle drops in the MCU. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am here to discuss some of the music of the MCU, specifically the needle drops, or in other words, a film's use of an existing recording rather than an original score. Now, the movies and series of the MCU have some fantastic and memorable scores, and I'm planning to discuss those on a future episode of the podcast. But because there is so much fun stuff to talk about under the general umbrella of music in the MCU, for example, in addition to the scores, the original music of WandaVision could warrant its own episode, but today we're going to stick to the needle drop moments only. As my friend and music teacher Rachel mentioned in our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy last year on the podcast, that was episode 2.2 if you haven't checked it out and would like to, that movie makes great use of what's known as diegetic sound, diegetic music. In other words, most of the songs 
are playing in the fictional world in real time and are being heard and interacted with by the characters. And then, of course, there's also non-diegetic music. An example that immediately comes to mind would be when Carol Danvers is riding on the motorbike and we hear I'm only happy when it rains by garbage playing over the scenery. The use of both diegetic music and non-diegetic music in the MCU have been very effective at enhancing the storytelling. And listeners who shared some of their favorite moments with me via Twitter or Instagram and my own list, what you kind of see in common are these moments where it's not just an awesome song, but it really kind of creates, but it really adds to the message or the feeling of the moment, whether that's something that is in earnest and quite literally picks up on the emotions or the state that the characters may be in in that moment, or if it's something that is a bit more ironic or humorous even in instructive position. So there's a mix of all of these different kinds of moments on my list of favorite needle drops. And I will say up front, just like I did with my top 10 Loki moments episode, I'm doing this in a countdown format, but really the order of the moments could change at any given moment, depending on how I'm thinking about it. So the order doesn't really matter as much. It's just kind of a fun format to play with. All right, so as I said, I am going to somewhat arbitrarily count down from 10 to 1 my favorite needle drops in the MCU. I'll also sprinkle some honorable mentions in here and there, as well as some listener comments. So I'll start with my list, number 10. A very minor moment, which is why I'm putting it toward the bottom of the list. This is not one that I hear too many people talk about very often, unlike a lot of the other ones on the list. But it was really delightful to me from the first time I saw it. And it's in Ant-Man, the scene in which Ant-Man is fighting Yellow Jacket, one of the scenes in which Ant-Man is fighting Yellow Jacket. And they're both small. And Ant-Man says, I will disintegrate you. And uh, Siri on the iPhone says, which is much bigger compared to Ant-Man due to the scale, which is really funny. Siri says, playing Disintegration by The Cure. And it plays the first opening bit of plain song which is the song that opens the album disintegration the cure and disintegration specifically had a really big impact on me and my development of my love of music when i was a teenager and it's still one of my favorite albums and i love the song plain song it's so beautiful and and really fit the scenery of the scene so well and it also incorporated that humorous tone that the ant-man movies do so well so a minor moment, the song doesn't play for very long, but I thought it was very clever. Again, an example of diegetic sound because Ant-Man would be hearing it coming from the cell phone in the moment. And yeah, plain song by The Cure in Ant-Man. All right, my number nine moment is one that was mentioned by a couple of listeners, Dylan P390 on Instagram, as well as friend of the podcast, Tony of MCU Rewind. They both shared that one of their favorites is Blue during the opening scene of Iron Man 3. And this again is one that is just very delightful because when you turn the movie on and you see the Marvel opening title card, 
but you hear 1999 electro pop playing and that song is instantly recognizable for many people of my age bracket and others it's just bizarre and kind of then transitions into the new year's eve party really delightfully that song was everywhere at that time so it makes sense that it was playing at a tony stark party and and again just a funny clever use of music in that moment all right so my number eight movie comes from the movie captain marvel And the Captain Marvel soundtrack is one of my favorites in the MCU because of the iconic 90s songs, absolutely a huge part of my personal upbringing, so I'm biased toward that. But so many great moments in the Captain Marvel movie. I decided to choose this one and only this one for my list. It is not the just a girl fight scene moment, although I do love that one as on the nose as it is. But the one that I'm choosing is when we hear Nirvana's Come As You Are, when Carol has been forced into the simulation to meet with the supreme intelligence. We see this kind of zoom in in on her face as she is being um, restrained. And you start to hear this distorted kind of guitar sound. And it's like, hmm, that sounds a little bit familiar. And then she's in the simulation with Annette Benning as the Supreme Intelligence and the song is fully playing in earnest. And it's like, oh yeah, it's Come As You Are. One of my favorite Nirvana songs and just so eerie and creepy and really captures the tone of the scene very well. And once again, this is also an example of a diegetic music track because Annette Benning's character references it as she is talking with Carol. So we're meant to believe that This was a song that Carol was familiar with when she was living on Earth before she was taken by the Kree. All right, so pausing from the official list for just a moment, I did mention that there are a lot of other moments in Captain Marvel that stand out in terms of music usage. Earlier, I mentioned I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage when she's riding the motorbike. There is the song Kiss Me Deadly in one of the flashbacks when she's doing karaoke with Maria. There is the song You Gotta Be by Desiree is playing in the background when Carol first uh, meets Maria again. So, So again, just a great musical landscape of the 90s throughout this movie. And the song that plays during the end credits of Captain Marvel is, of course, Celebrity Skin by Hole. Such an awesome song. Again, one of my favorites. And I always love that feeling when you get to the credits of a movie and there's a fantastic song playing over it. So a couple of other honorable mentions in that respect would be Vacation in Spider-Man Far From Home playing over those credits, which is super fun and relevant, of course, to the events of Far From Home. And of course, the absolutely stunning song, All the Stars, by Kendrick Lamar and SZA, which not only plays during the end credits of Black Panther, but was written for that film. So there are other examples, uh, in addition to these, of end credit scenes that really have awesome songs that play uh, as we await for our mid-credits stingers. And speaking of Black Panther, for my number seven moment here on my list, I am cheating a little bit because it's actually two different songs but they play back to back in the movie, starting with Pray For Me by Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd, which is playing as T'Challa and Okoye and Nakia 
are going into the club in Korea undercover, which is also one of my favorite scenes in that movie. So that song's playing in the background at first, really just fits like the very cool stylish vibe of the club. And then that scene, of course, leads into the car chase scene, which is another fantastic sequence from Black Panther. And the song that plays during that is a song called Ops by Vince Stables and Eugen Blackrock. And that back-to-back is just really fantastic, adds to the general vibe of both of those scenes, and for me, absolutely enhance the feeling of those moments and contribute to why they are some of my favorite scenes in the film. All right, so number six for me is a recent one. It is Smells Like Teen Spirit, the cover of the Nirvana song performed by Malia J. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Malia J. This cover is absolutely haunting. Again, another iconic song that is turned into something a little bit different here. This, of course, plays over the credits to Black Widow, but why I'm including it here in the needle drops, as opposed to just mentioning it as a credit song, is because that movie intentionally places the credits as part of the narrative of the film after the the first 15 minutes introduction. And I think this was incredibly effective in the film. As I said, this rendition of the song is absolutely beautiful and haunting. And those scenes completely match that tone. The, the scenes that we see of young Natasha in the red room and and uh, the ways in which the, the widows are, are treated and abused you know, I know this is a very recent movie, so I'll acknowledge some recency bias there. But as you've heard me talk about on the podcast before, the, the movie really, really resonates with me. And and this credit sequence is one of the reasons why. And, and the use of this song just had an absolutely tremendous impact. So that's number six, Smells Like Teen Spirit in Black Widow. All right, before we get into the top five here, just another quick interlude. I will briefly bring up a song that as of this past week has been used twice in the MCU. And I'm so glad that my recording of this Needle Drops episode, which full transparency, I've kind of recorded in pieces, but I'm so glad that I have the opportunity to, that I had the opportunity to have seen the most recent episode of What If before talking about this. The song Space Age Love Song by Flock of Seagulls, one of my absolute favorite 80s new wave type tracks. It's a beautiful song. I love it very much. It shows up twice in the MCU, as I said, in the most recent episode of What If, while Peter Quill, alternate universe Peter Quill, is mopping up the Dairy Queen and then is confronted by Ego. But prior to that, it also was played in Spider-Man Homecoming, the theme of the dance that Peter attends or is attempting to uh, attend as Liz's date is the 80s or something like this. And when they walk into the dance, that's the song that is playing. So, so yeah, shout out to Space Age Love Song. Also, shout out to the other listeners who wrote in with some of their favorite music moments in the MCU. Among them is a Twitter follower whose handle is hashtag Black Lives Matter. And this person said that both Guardian soundtracks go without saying, and I'll talk a little bit more about Guardians in a little bit. 
as does another song that I haven't gotten to yet, so I won't spoil that one just yet. But this person also specifically mentioned the song On and On that plays at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And so what I decided to do here on this episode in counting down my top 10 was to stick to the movies, but I did want to mention some of the some of the needle drops in the shows as well. So thank you to that listener for bringing up that song. The song that they mention on and on is by Curtis Harding and it plays over the, the and it plays over the final sequence of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It works so well because it, it's actually a, a song by a newer artist, but it has that feel of songs that you've heard before that's kind of just have that old school classic feel and it really works for those last scenes of the show that focus on Sam's family in New Orleans and Bucky arriving with the cake. And uh, it, it's just a really sweet, nostalgic song, that which goes really well with that vibe. And Tony, who I mentioned before from MCU Rewind, he also mentioned Yakety Yak in episode one of WandaVision, which, which, as I said, we could do an additional conversation just about the original songs written for WandaVision. But Yakety Yak, of course, was not. That song was originally performed by the Coasters in 1959 and both plays in the background of Vision's office during the episode. And then it is the song that he sings when Mr. and Mrs. Hart come to visit for dinner as well. So that's a fantastic one. And WandaVision also uses the song Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix at the end of episode four. And that was a really effective moment as well. And not to exclude Loki, I already mentioned Natalie Holt's work on the score for Loki. A friend of the podcast, Daniel, also mentioned that as being one of his favorite uses of of music in the MCU, and I have to agree. In terms of needle drops, we have Holding Out for a Hero at the beginning of episode two, which was very, very fun. And I talked about it back on my take on that episode. It was just really clever for the context of the moment, (laughs) this Renaissance fair that is set in the 1980s on the timeline. Very good stuff. All right, so let's get into my top five. To recap, number 10, Plain Song by The Cure in Ant-Man. Number nine, Blue Dabba Dee by Eiffel 65 in Iron Man 3. Number eight, Come As You Are by Nirvana in Captain Marvel. Number seven, The Back to Back of Pray For Me by Kendrick Lamar and The Weeknd, and Ops by Vince Staples and Eugen Blackrock. And number six, the cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit, performed by Malia J. in Black Widow. So, number five, absolutely iconic moment in MCU history. The moment that started it all. The beginning of Iron Man. Our introduction to Tony Stark, Humvees driving through the desert of Afghanistan to the opening notes of ACDC's Back in Black, and the song, of course, continuing to play as we enter into one of these Humvees and first meet this character and learn so much about him right off the bat. What more is there to say? The song has been reprised in the MCU. We saw in Spider-Man Far From Home, Happy Hogan put the track on as Spider-Man is looking at the different suit designs. 
And of course, in that moment, Spider-Man says, I love Led Zeppelin, which is pretty funny. So Back in Black is absolutely iconic to the MCU and specifically to the character of Iron Man. So while I enjoy the reprise, number five on my list is the first usage of it in Iron Man. My number four is the one that I teased before that was also referenced by by that Twitter follower, and that is Immigrant Song in Thor Ragnarok. I talked a little bit about this on my episode on Thor Ragnarok, but this is such a fantastic choice of song for that moment. Some of the lyrics, we come from the land of the ice and snow, from the midnight sun where the hot springs flow, the hammer of the gods will drive our ships to new lands to fight the horde, sing and cry, Valhalla, I am coming. Maybe worth noting here that oftentimes the person who chooses the needle drops in movies is the music supervisor. The music supervisor for Thor Ragnarok was Dave Jordan, and Dave Jordan has served in this role for numerous MCU films. From what I've read, the director Taika Waititi, who uh, directors also have input on music, of course, James Gunn did for Guardians of the Galaxy as well, um, but it was uh, Waititi's suggestion to use Immigrant Song here, and it, and it completely makes sense why this song fits so well with Thor, not only in the lyrics, but just the absolute epic feeling that this song gives off. It's a truly epic song. And what else could match the tone of this scene in which Thor is being confronted with who he is without the use of his hammer and Hela asking him, what are you the god of again? And then he just his power just awakens inside of him as he as he flies down and goes into battle. It's just absolutely insane. It's such a good use of music. Immigrant song in Thor Ragnarok. All right, so sooner or later, I was going to dig into Guardians of the Galaxy a bit more. Both Guardians Volume 1 and Volume 2 have incredible soundtracks, just absolutely tremendous in the way that they take these iconic songs that many people know and use them as a way of connecting audiences with this absolutely absurd, surreal world of the Guardians. And as I mentioned earlier, my guest Rachel Malara and I talked a lot about that um, back in the episode that we did on Guardians last year. So before I talk about what I chose here from Guardians, there are so many from the first Guardians, I Want You Back by the Jackson 5 playing as Baby Groot dances and pauses every time Drax turns around. So fun, incredible way to kick off the end credits for that movie. There is, of course, Hooked on a Feeling, Escape, the Pina Colada song, Fooled Around and Fell in Love. All of these are incredible moments in the first Guardians. But the one I chose for my number three moment is... Come and Get Your Love by Redbone, which of course plays during our introduction to adult Peter Quill as he puts his headphones on, straps his Walkman on his belt, and we see in huge letters on the screen, Guardians of the Galaxy. Rachel and I talked about this in the episode. What a way to welcome audiences into this, frankly, bizarre world for the first time when this movie came out in 2014, there was really nothing like it yet in the MCU. Yes, we were dealing with superheroes and we had aliens invade in the Avengers film, but the Guardians were entirely new for many, many people. 
And to have such a recognizable song, such a fun song, you immediately are connecting with Peter Quill here as he dances. It says so much about his character, an incredible moment, and it is the one that I chose to put on my list here and as my number three overall in the MCU. Again, it feels kind of strange to call that my number three moment. It feels kind of strange to call Black and Back in Black my number five moment. The, the ranking here is, uh, like I said, it's just kind of a convention that I'm using, and we could move around the numbers if we want to, but an incredible moment. Now, number two is from Guardians Volume 2. Again, it would depend on the day if I'm ranking this one above Come and Get Your Love or the other way around. Guardians 2 also has some iconic songs. Of course, another iconic opening credit scene with Mr. Blue Sky by ELO playing as the Guardians are mid-fight and we see Baby Groot again. Fantastic. Volume 2 also brings us such a great usage of the song Brandy, You're a Fine Girl by Looking Glass. Another great song. I love so many of these songs just in my regular life. And so to hear them in the MCU is so fantastic. And what a relevant song too when it plays over when we learn more about the relationship between Ego and Peter's mom. Uh, the Chain by Fleetwood Mac plays in this movie. One of my favorite songs of all time. Absolutely incredible. But my number two moment here is Father and Son by Cat Stevens, which plays over Yondu's funeral scene. And this is the favorite of a lot of other fans as well. Danny, who was a guest on the podcast during the run of Loki, it, he wrote to me about how much he loves the funeral scene and how it's so beautiful, and that Father and Son is his number one favorite song now because of that movie and that scene. And for me, this was a song that I actually was very familiar with uh, because... I listened to Cat Stevens all the time growing up, so I knew this song really well and already had that attachment to it. When it started to play, I remember seeing the movie for the first time and it started to play. I was like, oh man, like this is going for the emotions right here. And it's just such an important moment in the narrative. We see Peter Quill and the rest of the Guardians really uh, responding emotionally to Yondu's death, uh, the line, it's Ravenger funeral, and then you see the beautiful fireworks and just the cinematography is absolutely incredible. And the song, this is an example of just how powerful these needle drops can be because the song absolutely contributes to the mood that is already being set so beautifully. And of course, again, similarly to Immigrant Song and a few of these, the lyrics really do connect with the content. The song's called Father and Son. This film is all about Peter Quill being reunited with his biological father and finding that that relationship was not what he was looking for. And he found much more of a real dad, or daddy, as he says, in Yondu. The fact that this is my dumber two moment also speaks volumes for just how powerful I find this needle drop because Guardians Volume 2 is not among my favorite movies of the MCU. I Don't get me wrong, I really enjoy the movie. Maybe because I haven't seen it as much as I've seen the first Guardians or many of the others, I don't have as much of a connection with the entirety of the movie, but this scene alone is just so memorable and, and powerful and... That's why it's my number two moment. Now, my number one needle drop moment feels maybe a little bit like 
Again, I should acknowledge some recency bias here, but I'm choosing American Pie from Black Widow. I spoke a little bit about the power of that song choice in my recent episode on the Black Widow movie, but just to say a few more words about it, you know, this is a song that connects powerfully to the narrative. It's a song that's played early in the film in a diegetic sense. It's connected to the characters. The characters are experiencing the song in the moment. And it's later reprised when the Red Guardian, Alexei, begins to first say the words and then sing it a little bit as he's trying desperately to connect to his daughter, Yelena. So I, I just find it incredibly effective. The first time it's played, we have these four characters in this car and we don't yet know exactly what's going on. We know that they had to abruptly up and leave what the little girl Yelena refers to as their home. And I mentioned this in in the other episode, but in that moment, the song's requested by Yelena. She wants her song. So we know that this is a song the family probably listens to a lot. It's already kind of queued up in the tape deck and obviously has an impact on this little kid. And each character in that car, you can tell by just like, the subtleties of the looks on their faces and the camera work, what that song means to them in that moment. And, you know, little Yelena is just really excited to hear her favorite song. She probably likes it because it's poppy and catchy and whatever other reasons. You have Natasha sitting next to her, who still a very little kid, but who, as we know, has a sense of the loss that is coming along with her family leaving this home. She knows what is awaiting her and she's looking out the window and we see the football game and we see these other glimpses of Americana. And so you have to imagine that in that moment, you know, American Pie, the song is capturing everything that that she has associated with her with what has been a good life for her in America. And then, of course, Alexi is in there and Alexi is mouthing the words, this will be the day that I die. And, and you know, as the adults in the car, he and Melina have, have a sense of the irony of listening to this song because they know what's about to happen. So absolutely beautiful. And then the fact that it comes up again later that when he's failing miserably to to connect with Yelena, that that's the way that he gets through to her is this shared language, the shared experience of music, of this song. And that's what gets through to her a little bit. She starts to kind of laugh and and mouths the words along with him. And and there you have in text an acknowledgement of, of the the power of music and relationship to music, much like you have, of course, in Guardians of the Galaxy, where that is a central part of the narrative. And so perhaps that's why those are among my my favorites. So I hope that it was enjoyable to hear me talk about some of my favorite music moments. Again, the actual ranking 10 to 1 could change uh, at any time. Uh, I would absolutely not hold to these numbers hard and fast, but it was a really fun exercise in pulling out these moments. And I absolutely look forward to talking about music more in coming bonus episodes, including talking about the scores to the films, as well as the use of original music in WandaVision. So stay tuned for that. 
If you enjoyed this bonus episode, you can follow the podcast at an idea underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Artwork was designed by Brooke Pender, who you can follow at B Pender Illustrations on Instagram. Music by Demeter Salvia, who you can find on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in each week to hear me talk about something going on in the MCU. Right now, it's a mix of Shang-Chi and What If, and some other fun bonus episodes coming your way. Thank you.